Hello, hello everyone. You are listening to The Success Palette, a place to discuss everything that you are not taught in school about how to be successful in the arts. I'm your host, Soda, and today we are going to talk about how to step outside of your comfort zone and create your own community, create your own niche. Look outside of the box. That's exactly what my guest today did, Shirley Lee. And I love her story of how she brought her different passions together, how she really grew in the visual arts community and created her own new unique community that wasn't there before. And Shirley, I know that you dabbled a little bit in art in high school, but you don't really have any formal training. Can you talk about your journey of how you got to where you are today? Yes. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm Shirley. And yeah, I never went to art school in college. Um, The only art training I had was my four years of art classes in high school. I mean, I've always liked art and people told me that I had talent, um, but I didn't pursue that as my career because of, I guess, my dad told me that it's better to get into more business um, oriented and, you know, you might become a starving artist. <laughs> so then uh, I think that it did influence me into um, going against, you know, my talent and I went into IT instead. And then after getting married and having kids, um, it was really hard to do any kind of art, but I did try to to do a little bit of it um, by just doing, making uh, personal cards for my friends. And that did help me to keep the art side of, um, of, of me alive. Um, and then fast forward five years ago, we adopted our youngest daughter from China and then since then, we were plugged into this um, Chinese adoption Facebook group. And that became um, how I started my rekindling my art. So I am bilingual. I can speak, read um, Chinese and obviously English. So then um, on that Facebook group, people started asking about, you know, can someone translate this phrase? You know, then, you know, being there as community and, you know, of course, I'm bilingual. I was able to help translate, you know, for the for the adoptive families. And then um, that um, so I started translating videos and documents um, as a side business for a little while. And then three years ago, one of the adoptive moms whom I did a translation for just one day messaged me. I, I did her translation for like, I don't know, in January, like three years ago. And then in October, that same year, she just all of a sudden messaged me and asked if I'm an artist and wanted me to design a Phoenix tattoo with her son's Chinese name on it. And I was like thinking, wow, what an opportunity for me to jump back into art it, it, it was really scary because I haven't done it in such a long time and I wasn't really sure, you know, what if I messed it up? Like, you know, I'm not professionally trained, um, but it, I, it was exciting because, you know, here's an opportunity that I maybe I could add that as part of my translation service because it, it makes sense. So um, I'd accepted that first 
commission. I didn't even know that was called a commission <laughs> until I accepted it. Um, so ever since I accepted that first commission, I was booked for months for like the next two years. My name got around that community. Um, you know, everyone liked what I did and because it resonated with, you know, their, um, their adopted children. And it was really important for them that they have a keepsake for their Chinese children. Um, so I felt like, you know, I was using both my art and my heritage to bless that community. Um, and the main pieces I've done were zodiac animals, dragons, and phoenixes in both realistic and tattoo styles. I, it, I, I am very grateful for that first piece because I was able to develop um, that tattoo style as my own. Um, I started looking around at, you know, different tattoo styles online, but then I didn't want it to look like what people have. So I just kind of started developing that as my own um, style. And uh, it became really popular um, with the adoptive community. I think I'm that's so in. cool that that you you took, you don't have any training in tattoo art because it's a very specific kind of art. And the way that you learned from the masters and then developed your own style, like, I think that is so amazing. And the fact that you were, you were doing it to help others in your community, I, I think that's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And even like doing the dragons, because I did the realistic dragons too. And I mean, I love, I've always loved drawing animals because I just love the details, but dragon was actually the first time I've done it. So I had to, you know, look at reference pictures to draw them, but then I didn't want it to look like, you know, like just copying off reference pictures. So after a few times, I, I was trying to just not look at any and just from memory, trying to develop my own unique dragon head <laughs> and, you know, different kinds of scales. and you know, make it into a fire dragon or a sea dragon. Um, yeah, like with my unique, you know, touch. Um, and it was, yeah, it was really exciting because, you know, this is something that is of my culture and something that's relatable to, to um, you know, the adoptive families. Yeah, and, and then, then after, everyone yeah. started wanting stuff from you, right? At that point, you, you built kind of a wait list a bit from what I understand of people oh, wanting, yeah. wanting your specific artwork. Yeah. Cause I asked um like people to just, you know, if you can post on um because I'm not supposed to promote myself on that Facebook group, right? So I, I'm always very respectful and careful with that. Um but they're okay with like, you know, if an adoptive family choose to share then you know, then um, they could. And that's how my name gets, you know, like even today, you know, they would just keep like, oh, if anyone needs any translation, you know, you can contact Shirley, you know, so even though it's not as, um, it doesn't happen as often, but I've built my name on that community, in that community. Yeah. And I think that that's so important because a lot of artists and musicians and writers, they they end up just marketing to other artists, musicians, and writers, instead of really finding a genuine purpose that they love, and then 
sharing their talents with that community, I think that that's the the best way to learn and grow. And I know that things got a little bit tricky with with some of the changes in the adoption program and COVID. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you kind of went about all of that? Yeah, so um, yeah, things were going really well. Um, I was getting a lot of orders. But then when uh, COVID hit, then China decided to shut their door, you know, for two, three years and um, for the adoption program. So then pretty much all the waiting families were put on halt. So I wasn't getting any orders at all. Um, So then I, you know, I used that time to, instead of just doing nothing, I used that time to polish up my art skills I started to paint. <laughs> I, I bought watercolor paint, and it's it, it is a medium that I didn't really like when I was in high school, even though my art teacher thought I did well. But I never really enjoyed as much because I am more of a perfectionist and control artist, as my teacher used to call me. So I'm used to like doing a lot of details, like with color pencils and graphite. Um, and so watercolor to me, it's a very, you know, unpredictable medium. And I feel like I always try to control where the colors go, where the water flows. So it was really hard. Um, it was my least favorite medium to use, but then I wanted to try something new. So then um, I started watching YouTube videos on, and just kind of remind, you know, refresh my memory of how and uh, some of te- the techniques work and just experiment with uh, some pieces. And then uh, one thing led to another. I, 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 after I get, you know, accustomed to the medium again, I started to offer custom art uh, with watercolor. And I was able to offer a new um, subject to my adoptive families, actually. I was able to offer flowers in watercolor. Um, because after a year and a half of doing Zodiac animals and dragons and stuff, I was actually wanted to change <laughs> to different subjects. I was like, I love doing them, but I, I feel There's like only I so many dragons going. you can do, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. If you look at my portfolio, I, you know, you can see like how many dragons I've done. Um, and so then I, I started suggesting to them, well, there are other things other than dragon and phoenixes that's unique about the Chinese heritage, right? And there's like um, flowers that have meanings to each adopted child's uh, city. So I started recommending maybe if you don't want to do a zodiac animal or dragon, you can find something, uh, a flower that's meaningful or um, for your child. Um, and even landscape so that I can paint other subjects. So then, yeah, so that was another wave of a different, you know, it's like, so then I got tons of flowers. <laughs> so that was just, ex- I was like able to expand my portfolio that way. Yeah. And then, you know, as, as you expand your portfolio, you expand your clientele, you ex- expand your what you're really good at. And I'd love to hear about some of the 
other ways that you've expanded in the um, in addition to the tattoo art? I know you you tried a few different things, right? Yeah, I um, yeah. Uh, last summer, I had some free time with my kids. Um, I had some free time last summer, and then my kids were asking me to um, draw for them since. I've been only drawing for other people. They were complaining, you know, you've done all this artwork for other people. What about us? So then, um, so my son requested me to draw our, our pet puppy. And uh, I mean, I've drawn animals before, but I never draw a pet portrait before. Um, so especially it has like our dog has a lot of fur and curly fur, like long curly fur which is, and it's white mostly. So it was really a challenge for me as a, my first pet portrait. So then um, I watched, started watching YouTube videos and did research. And um, then I came across some tutorials about how to lay a color pencils and how to do um, different fur textures. And I got very interested in this whole new way of doing you know, animals. I was like, oh, I didn't know this is how it could be done. And then I found this whole um, area about pet portraits. Um, and then I thought, well, maybe I can, you know, get into pet portraits because everyone loves their pets and I'm a pet owner. So that's relatable. And uh, yeah, so then in order for me to get more practice though, because I've only done our dog and I couldn't really, I mean, I could, dig up reference pictures, um, you know, from uh, the web and try to draw a few more as practice. But I think it's better if I if I, if I were to start venturing into this as another side um, hustle, then I need real clients. So yeah, if you're going to be I practicing, asked, might as well be helping other people, right? <laughs> and making yeah. them excited. Ex yeah, exactly. So then I um, started offering uh, three free portraits to my neighbors and, you know, just offer like, you know, it was, it was fun because I just, you know, based, I just told them I'm doing this new thing and um, I want to add pet portraits to my portfolio, you know, you know, anyone interested. And I got tons of submissions and I drew the, um, the winners, the three winners <laughs> and, um, yeah, so then I was able to use, you know, my dog and three other pet portraits as my portfolio to start with. Um, and it was really helpful because I felt like every portrait that I did for my neighbors, I was able to really improve my skill and my technique doing pet portraits. Different fur, different, you know, um, animal, like a cat and a dog are different, you know, so... Yeah, so that was really, um, really helpful to start offering free stuff. Although my husband told me I shouldn't keep offering free things, but I, 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 I disagree with him. I, I said, well, I think this is a really great way to learn um, because you don't have much experience in, in a new medium, a new technique. And by offering free things, you, you, I think you can win both ways, right? You are offering something free to people and you you are receiving a lot of um uh feedback from them as well and then at the same time you're building up your reputation 
So I think they're all really positive things to offer free things. <laughs> I think of it's it not more of an exchange yeah. than giving things for free, because if you're getting something in return, then it's not necessarily just giving it for free, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, you're getting feedback and those people probably helped promote you, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, yeah, they all know now, I guess, in my neighborhood that, you know, I can do that if they want to come to me. And one of the other neighbors did, I ended up doing, you know, another, um, like a portrait for them too. So then after, uh, after that, I had to think of ways to advertise my, my new pet portrait service. Um, so the first place I went to was by our dog's grooming place. And they were just so nice. Um, you know, they, and, and a lot of, and we have, and we have to know that a lot of these places, small businesses, like they actually support local artists. They are very supportive of local artists. And I was glad to find that out. I mean, as soon as I asked, like, oh, of course, no problem. And the receptionist was my first cl client from that place. And it was just amazing. <laughs> so, and was like, this your having dog, that local community. dog groomer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, you knew them already. So it yes. wasn't as scary for you to kind of go up and be like, hey, are you interested in art? So that's, that's a great place to start if you're kind of nervous and want to go out of your way to make a new business connection. So yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah, but it, it, it is still, it was still because I, I, I did um, find a little easier because I'm already their customer. I feel like I'm not just going in to do this for, you know, like without any um, like offer for them. So it was, yeah, I felt better. Um, and then since then, I got more courage to get myself out there. You know, if I were to do this, I need to get out of my comfort zone. Because honestly, I know for a lot of artists, this is the part that we dread the most is promoting ourselves. Um, you know, we can do the artwork, no problem. But like, how do we get ourselves out there with social media, with, you know, the physical, like, you know, maybe going to do art fairs and, um, you know, just or putting up flyers. Those are really a lot of that business side of things that I really don't enjoy, but I know I must do if I were to do this. Um, yeah, so then I started asking even animal rescue centers and I offer them free portraits at a raffle price. Um, and I did get a couple of responses and I'm about, about to start on one piece, the, my first piece for one of the winners um, very soon. Um, I also started contacting local pet stores to see if I can put my flyers there. Um, and then one particular store actually was so kind and even invited me to put a table at this store. This coming Saturday, I'm going to put up a table at one of the pet, oh, a local nice. pet stores for the whole day. Oh. Like, they just told me, like, yeah, you can stay for as long as you want. <laughs> that, that's so cool. And do you have any tips on how you were able to kind of get past that fear? Because I know a lot of us as creatives, again, like how you said, we are terrified of really going to these new places and thinking outside of the box of how we can promote our work besides social media. How did you 
really think to go to these places and do these raffles and get the courage to do so? Um, it's really important to get connected to the, uh, like I got plugged into the pet portrait Facebook groups and I have asked for advice, like how, you know, other professionals have done it and they, I got tips from them. And then after this, I've been, I have been passing this tip to other people who have like, how do, can I boost commissions? And, you know, the art community is very supportive and, you know, even though, like we are pet portrait artists, people are very willing and open to share these tips with you. You can, yeah, so I got this um, setting up table at a pet store idea also from one of the other pet portrait artists. So like, don't be afraid to ask other people. They, they're not, like, you know, I think we might think, oh, you know, they're not gonna want to share their trade secrets, but they do because, I mean, first of all, like, what are the chances they're like locally, you know, <laughs> then they might yeah. not live right yeah. next to you. You know, they're all over the place and everyone's got their own style. So, you know, if a client wants your style, they're going to want you, you know, to be their um, artist. So like, we can't think about, we, we are just competitors. If you think about, we are there to help each other. Yeah, collaboration over competition. One of my favorite mm -hmm. things. So most of your your collaborations and the way that you learned, it sounds like was from both Facebook and YouTube, right? Uh, not collaboration on YouTube, but more um, just learning. The tutorials of YouTube, learning. And tutorials stuff. and stuff. But collaborations and ideas and um, just getting tips from the business side of things. Like even uh, when I started learning how to price my portrait, I had no idea how do I do that? You know, cause with my other custom art, it was like hourly, but I'm like with pet portraits, it would take hours longer and I cannot charge people that. So then, you know, I, I asked the experts who have done it for many years and they told me, oh, this is how you surprise. And, so all this I'm getting from other artists too. And I know in addition to doing these in-shop uh, art uh, shares and these kind of mini galleries and raffles and such, you also sell some of your art online, um, mostly on Etsy, right? Can you talk a little bit about how it was like transitioning to doing a lot of your online work in shops? Yeah, um, this happened last fall as um yeah i was going into so many different directions um but at the same time i was thinking well how you know i love commissions right but at the same time i was thinking uh commissions has its limits like i can't i mean i have to stick to certain rules or certain you know uh yeah certain rules that my client gives me like you know color schemes and you know, how exactly they want things done. So then I, I don't have the freedom to create as much as I want to. So that's where I, why I wanted to start my Etsy shop. I was thinking that I can sell what I want to draw or paint on my Etsy shop. And um, so I, I had a bunch of uh, greeting cards that I've created, I painted for our neighborhood Fall Fest. And I started 
scanning those in and as as my first um, stack for my shop. And then from there, I was able to um, uh, connect with this, like a, like a third party full, uh, merchandise fulfillment service. And I was able to put uh, my design, art design on other merchandise, like mugs, t-shirts, and um, like mouse pads even. Um, so that really opened up my horizon and like, oh, wow, this is, see my art on t-shirt? Like my friends bought t-shirts with my sunflower painting on it. And like on my, on a mug, and I was like, wow, this is, something totally different that I seeing your own art on everyday, you know, like products like that. And that's also exciting for me. Um, but the, the design perspective, uh, aspect of it is, is, is difficult because like doing art on paper and then trying to design, you know, uh, how it would look on a t-shirt, how it would look on a mug. That's a, that's a new learning curve for me. I uh, realized that, oh, just because you want a unique angle on paper, it doesn't always work on a product. Like you can't cut off a certain part of say a flower. It won't look good <laughs> on a t-shirt. It has to have the whole picture. Um, so I've learned, you know, a few lessons when I opened my Etsy shop about a design perspective that I didn't know before. Yeah, because it's just such a different medium because it's almost more ventures into advertisement rather than fine art when it comes to merchandise. I was curious how you were able to still keep your passion with art and your your love for helping others and showing your your Chinese culture, but not but still be able to be productive and finding that balance between being a business person and also being a true artist and putting soul into your work. Mm, I think it's like, I, I can't think business first. I have to think, um, well, this is like, I have a bunch, a list of ideas of what I want to do. And most of those ideas are related to my culture. Um, I want to do like a series of uh, Chinese landscapes, um, like the Starbucks travel mugs. <laughs> kind of like you know, uh, one Chinese city on a, you know per mug. I, that's one of my dream project I want to do, um, and like you know, uh, Chinese cuisine. You know, I want to do that someday. I haven't had the time, but like all this, I, I'm I'm still very passionate about. Um, or even Chinese characters on, you know, as part of my art. Um, so that is always like my priority. And then designing the merchandise is always secondary. So I, I need to always focus on that. Yeah, I like that you're able to focus on your art, but still accept that you need to learn at least the basics of the business. Do you have any stories of a piece that you made that really impacted someone, whether it was in your adoption group or with your pet work? Um, I think there was one particular piece. It was a landscape piece um, for the adoption group. Um, this family's son, he was an older adoptee 
And so he remembered a lot more about his, his city than you know, some of the younger adoptees. So then he wanted to remember um, where he came from. And so they were very particular about, like he remember um, like they were like the street foods, you know, from his city. And he remember like, uh, like flower carts and like, you know, like all these different street scenes from where he's from. But at the same time, he wanted to, uh, he visited some more modern places in China. So he wanted to mix the two together. So that was a very unique piece I did where I mix like the modern China with kind of like almost like the old Shanghai streets of China. Um, so it was a, and it was a really big piece. It was 11 by 15. It was all done in color pencil with a lot of details of the streets and people. It was challenging. Um, it took me like 20 hours, I think, total to do that one. But it was really cool because his mom wanted me to put his name as part of a um, skewer store uh, name. So I was trying to be creative and blend it into, you know, the um, the piece. And it's like, here's your son's name. It's part of the shop. Um, and then even a lot of other pieces I've done, they asked me to hide their child's name in the piece in Chinese, and they had to hunt for it. <laughs> so, yeah, so those were like really fun pieces like that I've done. I love hearing these stories of how art and creative expression can can really impact someone else. Um, and I know that you are having some stuff going on for the holidays. Do you want to explain a little bit about that before we kind of wrap up with my last question? Oh, yeah. So right now I'm having a um, kind of Christmas promotion for my pet portrait service. So from now uh, until the like end of December, um, I'm offering 10% discount for anyone who wants, who's interested in getting a pet portrait done. Um, I might, I don't have that many spots left, but the discount will still apply even if it's for after Christmas. Perfect. So yes, definitely. Where can we find you on social media, on your shop? Can you give, um, I'm also going to have that in the show notes, but if you want to give a shout out to any of those. Yeah, I am on Facebook. Um, it's called Shirley Lee Arts and Pet Portraits. That's my Facebook uh, page. And I do a lot of the, yeah, the uh, updates on there. And I do have a website, which is my portfolio. If, you, if anyone wants to see my portfolio, it's um, just ShirleyLeeArt.com. Perfect. And again, I will also put those down below. And I'd love to hear any tips and advice you have for anyone who feels that they, they want to share their creativity, but they don't know where to go or how to get clients or how to find where they belong in the art community and their niche? Um, I think uh, like I got rejected at a few places when I put up those flyers. I went to the mall and I, you know, and I asked uh, this 
puppy store and uh, they said no and I got rejected you know a few times and I have to just quickly shake that off so like don't be afraid to get rejected um when you have to go out there um and ask in person of course online it's a little easier you say okay I just you know don't worry about it um but I would I would start with joining Facebook groups that there are a lot of art groups out there um like for specific mediums like watercolor color pencil and ask for advice like ask for feedback um and then don't be afraid to ask you know how can I put myself out there because I heard all this from other experts too and um as far as finding like your own style and stuff that just takes time um to me the most important thing is developing my own style because um I I do see a lot of similar styles out there and I don't want to be just like everyone else so I try very hard to while I'm learning from others that I want people to see my piece of art and just say okay I see Shirley's signature and um yeah so I think it's important to stay with your own style and not worry about well but it doesn't look like you know other artists I love when I find an artist who has such a unique style. Thank you again, Shirley. I love your story and I know that it will inspire many others who listen. Did you have any last closing thoughts you wanted to mention before we end for tonight? Um, I just want to thank you <laughs> for giving me this opportunity to share my story. And yeah, it was a pleasure just talking with you. Well, thank you for coming on. And I hope that we are able to talk again soon. Thank you again. Have a good one. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of The Success Palette. Head over to thesuccesspalette.com for all of our social media links and some additional interviews over on YouTube. And please make it a successful week.